Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. It is another day of Fantastic Fest recap coming at you from Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Wendy with my fabulous co-host, Melissa. And we are joined for this mini episode once again by our compatriot in shenanigans, Jerry. Hey, hey, hey. Mr. Jerry Bellich, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. After it's, all of a couple days. It's good to yeah. be back in the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> <laughs> so The Pleasure Dome being my car this time because we didn't want to be attacked by crickets again. Let's be honest, it was me. Those freaked me out, man. Freaked <laughs> yeah, me out. I, I don't mind crickets. Um, so well, Jerry was freaking out, too. He was, he was with us for a few minutes of that. Yeah. You just made that up. I had zero reaction to the crickets whatsoever. I was <laughs> yeah, on my oh phone. no, you were going, hey. <laughs> you, you kind oh of no, were, I was just did. growling. But yeah. that was just because. <laughs> that was just because Jerry was trying to communicate. Yeah. All right. So this was day three. Yes. We are firmly into Fantastic Fest at this point. And, um,. And I, I had a fantastic fest day. Yes, yes, you did. So did I. Uh, I yeah. had a really great time. Yeah. I had I had an uneven time, which is why it was a more typical fantastic fest day, <laughs> I feel like. Like like I had been doing so well that it was time for things to get a little uneven or else mm-hmm. I was just gonna start thinking I was in a dream world. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, gods or whatever up there for giving me just enough shit to reassure me. <laughs> so um, let's see. What did we see today? Well, uh, we well, Wendy and I started out in the same theater for uh, April and the Extraordinary World, which you can start with that. Yes, okay. it was. Well, first off, we started with breakfast burritos. Which... Oh, and breakfast burritos and the server who came up to me and said, hey, guys, um, here's your breakfast burritos. But by the way, people keep asking me if you're Mar- Martha Plumpton from the Goonies. <laughs> it's that girl from the Goonies. It's that girl, girl from, from the Goonies. Goonies. Yes. And, and he goes, no, I know those guys from Butnamathon. That's not Martha Plumpton. It's like, thank you. Thank you for having my back. <laughs> now, you know. I wish you know you, I was cool like Martha Plimpton. You know she like lobbies Congress for you know abortion rights and stuff, and uh, you know she's also a Carradine. So you know I I can't claim to be a Carradine, but I am not Martha Plimpton. No. Glad we established that. Yeah, we're definitely not a charity. <laughs> Thank God for that. I mean, that's that's a little bit a crazy town right there. Right? I, I don't know. Well, Did you guys see a movie? Yeah, oh, we saw yeah. April in the Extraordinary <laughs> World, which is fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. It's a French animated film. It's very firmly steampunk. The... The technology design throughout was delightful. Mm-hmm. Like the way they were trying to recreate common machines 
with the idea that like electricity never happened was really like some of the crazy ass contraptions they came up with were great and there were lovely little nods and homages to other films there was a great like visual definite riff on uh, metropolis that i was just like oh that's uh, so Mm -hmm. delightful um but the and the story the story is great and it's 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 very much like a miyazaki movie without the kind of pretension that comes with a lot of miyazaki movies but it's female-led it's uh it's very jules verne very, very jules verne it's it's it actually reminds me a lot of nausicaa valley of the wind but uh yeah, early, I can see that. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I got to open this cup up. And hey, you should have done that later. You should have done that before we started. Sorry. Recording. Now there's crinkles. Yeah. Oh, God. Windy. But it has, um, I'm not really giving away a whole lot there. There's a talking cat named Darwin who becomes kid invincible, which was Aww. adorable. I just like that term. Well, I, I love that this is a film with a talking cat where everybody comes up to me and goes, holy shit, a talking cat! Yeah. Oh, what oh, the wow. hell? They actually acknowledge it? Yes. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> they don't say what the fuck. It's um, it's, it's family friendly. But. It's, there's, it's adventure. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, what was the film that... I think it might have been the it was the wave, which is Norwegian, where they were clearly saying fuck, but it kept getting subtitled as shit. I'm like, that is not what they said. <laughs> it kept getting subtitled as holy fuck a talking cat. Yeah, yeah. no. For for the fjord. I really want to go back to April in the extraordinary world. I really want Teddy to see it, but I'm gonna need a dubbed version because yeah, I can't read that many subtitles. <laughs> So that was April in the Extraordinary World. Both of us loved it. Yeah. Came out feeling very happy with uh, the start to our morning. What did you end up seeing, Jerry? I saw a movie called Dog Legs. Uh, now, going into this, I wasn't really sure how I felt about that being the first movie of the day. Uh, the The premise of the movie is it, it's a documentary, and it's about uh, this group that uh, of disabled and handicapped individuals that sp- actually created this splinter group off of uh, kind of this facility that was had volunteers taking care of them and, and helping out and all that. Um, and the reason was they were frustrated with being so overly coddled and pitied and wanted to do something, and so they created this fighting league. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like wrestling, uh, fighting, and just beating the crap out of each other. Uh, but what's really interesting is it's not just these uh, handicapped individuals fighting each other, but they're also fighting uh, able-bodied individuals. And uh, really interesting uh, story behind that. In fact, uh, one thing that frustrated me is the the main, um, his, his, his name, his wrestling name was Antithesis. Uh, and he is able-bodied, but he was helping run the league and kind of organize fights, stuff like that. And I was really, I was really frustrated that this part of the story isn't actually in the movie. The director, after the film, uh, uh, told us about it because everybody's like, you know, is what's, what are the ethics behind like this, this kind of thing, and 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 them fighting each other, and and him having this rivalry, and 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 beating the crap out of these uh, really wonderful uh, disabled people, <laughs> and, and like really, really funny, funny, interesting people. And the reason was he, when he was young, uh, a teenager, he uh, just got very um, 
just afraid of the world and isolated himself in his room at the age of 16 for about a year. Mm -hmm. uh, pissed out the window, had his meals left at the door. Went full Howard Hughes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, totally. And, and then what happened was he saw this group that had splintered off that was, uh, that were calling themselves dog legs mm -hmm. and was so inspired by it and like wanted to like do something, wanted to help somehow and that was what got him to leave his house and actually start doing something. And huh. and so like he he comes off as this big tough guy that's like just But he was just as disabled. He was mm -hmm. just as disabled. It's nice. This film and, and I was so prepared to kind of be depressed by it, but it was so it, it just wasn't like that. It that's great. it was very much the mission of like what what these people wanted to achieve for themselves, which is like we 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 want to do stuff that people say that we can't do and and on our own terms and and really put themselves into something even if they know they're going to lose mm -hmm. like and, and it's so hard to explain the weird juxtaposition and like people obviously had a lot of different or or troubling feelings about the whole thing but everybody seemed to be on the same page where like something really special uh, was happening and was captured in, in the film, so it was, it was really good. Cool, I awesome. loved it. I got like very emotional during it. Uh, yeah, I I heard from other people that they really loved it too. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. You you got something like a complete surprise. Yeah, you mm -hmm. walked into a movie like, well, I'll try it, and you got something awesome. Yeah, that's and I it, it was it was fantastic. That's I, fantastic. I didn't want. I wasn't like, oh, I want to. I, I didn't want to go into something that was going to be like make me feel a lot of things mm -hmm. <laughs> just because i'm like i'm just a tired person right now yeah. <laughs> feeling things is exhausting but it, it was worth it yeah okay so let's see after april you guys saw brand new testament right yes well after april it was booze o'clock <laughs> oh oh yeah that's right and so I bought melissa whiskey did i did i do that then or not i don't remember it, it was about then yeah and I ran into the star of Monster Squad, who, of course, was one of the fighters last night at Fantastic Debates, gave him a couple of compliments on both his verbal and physical sparring, and we had a <laughs> lovely chat. Mm -hmm. He's very personable. He's also my height. <laughs> yeah. I, w I was watching that conversation. It's like, oh, my God, you guys are eye level to each <laughs> I know. Other. It was kind that's, of exciting. That's amazing. I think that's why he wanted to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That is pretty awesome. I, I was even on Netflix, happened by Monster Squad the other day, and, and it was when I was like, oh my god, I need to make Megan watch this. It's mm -hmm. such an underrated film. Like, everybody's seen Goonies, everybody's yeah. heard of Goonies, but Monster yeah. Squad is like three steps down. It's like, have you seen it? And like, a lot of people be like, yeah, but I haven't, I, I've heard of it, I haven't seen it, but most yeah. people be like, so I don't good. even know what you're talking about. It's like, it's so good. So good. <laughs> anyway, so and, that was and, a delightful Side note. Yeah, and around that time, we also ran into the Turkish guys. The, mm -hmm. the guy who uh, directed Remix, Remake, uh, Ripoff, and uh, the other Turkish director that came down. That was actually yeah. before our first film. That's right. That's right. It, it was early this morning. It was so cute because they were having a conversation with each other, and Melissa wanted to talk to them. And I'm like, well, let's get in their line of sight. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then... Well, I was waiting for them to, like, break in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know what, like, there was that whole, I want to talk to you, I don't want to be rude. It's like, so, hey, let's get in their line of sight. And we moved in their line of sight, which caught their attention. They looked over, and so we waved, and then they waved back, and then it's like, aha, we have you now. Conversation will happen. (laughs) Little did they know what they had done. Yeah. But, though, they were delightful. Oh, they they were so excited people were talking to them. (laughs) You saw our film, and you liked it. You're going to see more of our films. (laughs) Oh, so excited Aww. this guy this guy he's so crazy i love the people you, you saw the scene of my film with him and the albums i said yes i i did see your i saw the movie yes and <laughs> you should bring in a soundtrack to any movie and he will sign it because he probably used it <laughs> see, i need to true. i need to stick with you guys more because i'm always way too afraid to talk to the people involved with the films because i am so bad at remembering details of any kind like actor names like just well, all, look, all of that stuff. I'm so bad. I probably just, wouldn't be able to remember the name of their movie, even if I just saw it. Well, look. if you remember the name of the movie, look them up on IMDb, get their name right, go up and say, hi, I like your work. And, you know, yeah, that, that's how you do. That's how you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then ask yeah, them you're how an they like artist, the festival. <laughs> you're an artist, you know. You I, never do not enjoy somebody coming up, coming up to say, I really love what you did. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so Unless as long as dick. you're respectful and you're not breaking in or being yeah. too pushy, oh yeah, right? Then uh, who doesn't want to uh, hear? I really squad, love, though. I really Lucky. love your work. So yeah, we got to talk to the Turkish guys. Mm-hmm. We got to ta- I got to talk to Tiny Little Monster Squad dude, <laughs> and then I went over to Jerry and I won the Eye of the Pyramid for the second time. Oh God yeah, I also won a second time today. Yeah, Jerry won. And then I won again. And I, so I went up and I was pushing and like some other, some dude, seriously, it was, it was joking, but he was like trying to mansplain how to press a button to me and he was reaching out to touch it and I'm smacked his hand away. It is not okay to just press somebody else's button. You do not just press somebody else's button when they're waiting for the payoff. And sure enough, the next press... I yeah. won. I'm like, <laughs> oh, if you had taken that away from you, I would have smacked the shit out of you, mister. So I won again. It was great. And, and then... And then, this is fast-forwarding to the end of the night after all the movies, I decided to try the Eye of the Pyramid game. So I'm, I am pressing the button. I'm pressing the button. You just press pressing the, button. the button. Have you guys actually explained what the game is? I, I don't think we have. Okay, so dear listeners... You press a is, button. <laughs> yeah, this it's literally press a button. It's it's but very... No, it's it, Yeah, it's very much like kind of the old <laughs> carnival games that just have lots of weird lights and weird symbolism, and it's got this big pyramid, and it's just one out of 100 wins. And so the probability is supposedly uh, if you press the button, there's a one in 100 chance that you will win and these lights go further up and then like it just creates a wild get, light show you get closer to the eye and closer yeah. but then it goes smaller and then so it and, messes and with just, you making you random. feel like you're somehow making it's very progress random, but boy when it goes off you know you've won yeah and so at the end of the night i start pressing the button and i'm just pressing the button and pressing the button and uh zach carlson comes in who works mm. at the draft house and uh he said god damn it we were pressing that thing for 90 minutes and it didn't go off and and, and I'm, I'm like oh i won twice and he's like what the actual fuck and and i'm going this is bad for me to do i have obsessive compulsive disorder this is bad this is bad this is bad we gotta go podcast no th- i can't stop pressing the button and then eventually i finally press it and it goes off with no no wait Zach steps in yeah. as I'm I'm looking up something on my phone. He goes, "Oh, I'll take over and we'll 
we'll see. It'll be a it shared up. win. It'll, It'll be, be a shared win. And and uh, it's like, no, that's cool. You've invested your time. And so he's pressing the button for a minute while I look up something on my phone. And then I step back in. And like two presses later, it yeah. goes, and then light show. And it was awesome. Yeah. And he suppressed his fury and walked away. It's very satisfying to win at that game. It really yes. is. It it. it it really is. It's very It Pavlovian. gives you something for your time. It does. <laughs> All right. Movies. All right. Movies. So anyway, I yeah. just won at the Eye of the Pyramid for the second time. And I'm like, oh, Jerry, it's time for us to go see yep. our second movie because Jerry and I had the same movie. Yep. And so we go, we, we're walking by and I literally did a full on like goink double take as I'm walking by and I see this woman with a thing full of cupcakes and she's clearly handing them out and I'm like what and I I walked past and then walked back and I'm like are are those four people she's like please they're for you guys you guys are so great and awesome we love fantastic fest I'm like Jerry there are cupcakes Jerry Jerry there are cupcakes and to appease Wendy I went back and uh, yes and pretended you, to yeah. really oh, want yeah. a he's cupcake oh yeah he's like oh. well what kind and she's like we have a chocolate where's is there a chocolate Where's their chocolate? It's this. We only have this one. And he just grabs it and then looks at me like, well, I feel you like didn't people, want it, right? I feel like people <laughs> really want me to like cupcakes. You don't have to really like them, but I also wanted you to be aware there were... Oh, why yeah. would you not want a free cupcake? I, I don't know. I don't really like cake. You could have given me the cupcake. Nah. Jerk. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, wait you, you don't like... <laughs> How do you not like cake? I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. It's okay. I like ice cream. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, you, okay. So you don't you want to go down this rabbit hole. We are still haven't gotten through round two. <laughs> yeah. Go. Yeah, okay. Brand new testament. Brand new testament. Go. go. Brand new testament. I wasn't sure about round two. I was like, when we were picking the films, I'm like, yeah, eh, this one looks. I guess this one looks the best. Let's try this one. Um, as it turns out, it was so fantastic. It was a delight. It was uplifting. Yeah. It, it put a huge smile on my face by the end. The premise of the movie is that God exists and he's a jerk and he lives in <laughs> Brussels. <laughs> of course. And he, inv he made Brussels first. He made Brussels first. And uh, then he made animals and stuff, but they were boring. He was bored. So he made humanity so he'd have something to fuck with. That is the premise. And he has, of course, his wife, who ref who is totally cowed by him and does nothing and won't speak. And he's got his one son, who, of course, left and hasn't come back. <laughs> and he has his daughter, Aya. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Aya has been trapped in this house. She's still a little girl. And she finally gets so frustrated with her dad that she decides to go out and make a brand new testament. Nice. And she, but she starts. <coughs> wait, I don't want to give away. Okay, sorry. Now, do we want to actually give away what, like, the big action she does before she leaves? I don't want, like, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want to no, ruin that. No, no, it's great though. It's it's really really fantastic. She, she um, yeah, she's very smart. She's very clever. It's a, another female centric film. It um. I feel I don't know. I'd be curious to see some what somebody who does have religion would think of it because of course I'm an atheist. So for me, the idea of God being kind of an asshole mm -hmm. is like, yeah, that that's actually Well, technically, I mean, I am religious. Do you believe in God? I I it's possible. 
Kate, no. Sorry, okay. Okay. that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> because uh, the way God is written in the Judeo-Christian texts, of course, everything that's sweet and wonderful and kind about God is Jesus. The Old Testament God is a fucking asshole. And so, like, there is a part, part where he's making up rules because mm-hmm. he just loves to make up shitty rules like when bread falls on the floor it will always fall jam jam side down Mm -hmm. right we know this rule the other line is always faster you know those rules of life that we all know and he's codifying them into the universe because that's what makes him happy and it's like yeah that is god Mm -hmm. that is an accurate representation of the god that is that people ascribe to in the bible that's bullshit so a movie that is Portraying that on film, I'm I'm so on board. It was so delightful. I walked out buzzed and happy and yeah. grinning. It was just <laughs> silly and lovely and, and just kind of the sublime, delightful feeling. Awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, I saw one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen at Fantastic Fest. Seriously, you I see saw... one great thing and somebody else comes out and goes, oh my God, I saw something even better. Yeah. It's called Standby for Tape Backup. And what it is... The, the oh, okay so what the film is is it is a videotape that a guy um when he was young he and his grandfather would tape things off of tv on this one videotape as he says in the in the in the film he says i don't know why we didn't think we couldn't have two videotapes but they just keep taping stuff over and over so this videotape is just full of glitchy video from all over the place it's like bits of ghostbusters and thriller and british tv commercials and stuff and um he and, and this is totally true it, it's an actual videotape he had and the fi- the film is him taking the tape and talking over it and rewinding it and fast-forwarding it and rewinding it and fast-forwarding it and skipping ahead and skipping back, laying tracks of music over it and doing poetry rap over it. Oh, that's brilliant. And as the tape rewinds and plays the same images over and over and over again, the with different words over it, it pareidolia takes over and you're associating the words and the rhythms with different things on the screen. And so, like, the same image a few seconds before takes on different meaning a few seconds later. And it's amazing. That sounds wild. And today, for this screening only, he was here and he did it live. What? Yeah. He did it live. Man, I'm kicking myself. Uh, and I fucking, I fucking love Brand New Testament, but I'm kicking uh, myself. Oh, screw my Brand God. New Testament. Now I hate it. <laughs> It was it was amazing. Oh my god! Like there were there were tears in my eyes, and it it was it was amazing. It was just amazing. Man. And just like magic's happening in theater nine, guys. Seriously, why is this theater not full? The 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 audience gave a standing ovation at the end. It was it was just extraordinary. Man. Yeah, it was amazing. <sighs> Now I'm depressed. <laughs> but it's pl- it is playing another time at the festival. It's just He's a film. He's not going to do it. Yeah. Unless the we kidnap him. Full? 
I know. Yeah, that's well, the it, it was against the Brand New Testament and, and at least one other thing that had really big buzz. Oh, and yeah. so it had only one theater <laughs> and the theater was not full. Oh, that's sad. That is sad. Yeah. All right, what do, what do we got for three? Okay, well, then uh, you saw The Passing, right? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. The Passing. Uh, this was a Welsh film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, the director was there. Uh, evidently, this is a very kind of unique thing because uh, in Wales, uh, the the big reason for them doing television even is to keep the Welsh language alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it they don't do a lot of film, like it just because it doesn't necessarily uh, help that cause as effectively as television does. So they made this film anyway, and it's. It's interesting. It's I, I don't even know where to start with this one. Uh, basically, it, it, the premise quickly is about this couple that's in a car accident. They kind of go off a bridge, uh, and it crashes into a creek. And there is this weird dude named Stanley, who has just been alone for a really long time, mm-hmm. and like never went to public school or anything. So it's just in this house alone and and he implies that like his parents are are maybe dead or gone whatever um and at first you kind of get that vibe like oh is is he is stanley up to something what's going on um and and then the the female protagonist she like she's kind of weirdly controlling of the guy that she's with and they have this and he's got a weird temper and like you're not sure who to latch onto is like who who you kind of trust, mm-hmm. ah. um, which which was strange because it just kept going back and forth, and then she was kind of getting to know Stanley more, and then and then the guy's getting jealous and all this weird stuff, and I'm like, what is going on? And then here and there, there just suddenly be kind of the you know seeing somebody in the window that wasn't really there mm-hmm. or behind you, and I'm like, okay, what is this a ghost story? Is this a weird relationship story? Is this a messed up murder guy in the woods story? Mm-hmm. Where the hell is this going? So, see, I, I don't know what to say without giving things away. <laughs> um, it it did not end in what I would say is uh, very satisfactorily. I mean, you you kind of know what has happened. But it takes so much of what you saw and kind of wraps it up into a ball, and it's like eh, maybe that maybe that's not that important, yeah. and 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 just kind of tosses it away. And like you could even tell uh, the director afterwards, like in the Q and A, he it. I think they they'd been doing lots of like different uh, different kinds of cutting, and and like a lot of major changes had ha- had happened to the script. Uh, the cast and crew hasn't seen it yet. Oh boy. They oh. see it next week, and he even mentioned like, "Oh, maybe I'll I'll I'll, tr- I'll change this piece before then." Or, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. There's really not much else I can say unless I just straight up give it away. Right. Right. Um, it, but it, it it was very pretty, uh, and it was interesting. And I mean, the Welsh language is certainly weird. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> but I wasn't. I felt very weird about it afterwards. I wasn't super. Yeah, well, with that it. seems to have been what was going on in round three because Melissa and I saw High Rise. Oh yeah. Ah. Although, although the longer I've sat with it, the more okay I am with High Rise. Uh, well, you should describe what it is first. Yeah. It is 
uh, Ben Wheatley's new movie. It is uh, a film that is based on the J.G. Ballard novel of the same name, and it's uh, uh, the novel was written in the 70s, pre-Thatcher era, oddly enough, which really this is a Thatcher era movie, but um, it it's basically Snowpiercer in a building. What? Where, yeah, so you've it, it's uh-huh. uh, one of those big concrete block buildings in Britain that was built during the 70s, and it's kind of the sci-fi premise where it's one of these big buildings that's built so that it's kind of self-sustaining. There's a grocery store, there are gyms and all sorts of amusements inside, and the, as you get higher in the floors, the people, the social strata gets well, higher it, and higher. The rent and, on the higher floors is more expensive. Right, and, and so... <laughs> Um, you, it, everything's all happy and lovely when everybody moves in, and then very soon, like, um, the lines of supply get cut to the building, and um, chaos starts. The, the society starts to break down, and like the lower floor, really start rapidly, really rapidly, and nobody thinks to call the police. And and this is all from the novel, and and it's all very deliberately laid out that way. But um, I think my main problem with the movie is that the it it the 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 story should move like a waterfall. You're like happy go lucky at the top and then you get to the edge of the cliff and you fall and then you're in the water below. And the movie you you take the the the, the fall off the waterfall and you get down into the pool very early in the movie. Yeah. And if like the the fall was much longer, if they spent more time there, I think I would have been happier with we, the outcome. It it was very abrupt mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> it didn't I mean I I understand it's not realistic but there wasn't enough connection there it really I didn't buy it I didn't mm-hmm. buy into the central premise I I found it like you didn't quite give me enough to go on of why even the wealthy people would be buying into this sort of thing and it it was yeah. Well, it's kind of an absurdist thing, and yeah, and, just, I mean, it, it's supposed to be this weird heightened reality, and and. But I started out my day with these two really great yeah. movies that made me feel so good, and then I went and I came out of High Rise just feeling off kilter, mm-hmm. um, disconnected, isolated. Like it really soured my mood. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, and that, I mean, it's, hey, it's a testament to the power of movies to have an effect on us, but unfortunately it wasn't the effect I wanted. Well, welcome to the world of Ben Wheatley movies. <sighs> Ta-da! Anyway, uh, moving on, we saw Gridlocked after that, all three of us, yep. right? Yep, yeah. all three of us. Yeah, and that was um, people shooting each other. Yep, it was supposedly a fresh new take on the buddy buddy cop comedy. <laughs> No, unfortunately, it wasn't exactly wasn't a fresh. comedy. It, yeah, my my comment yeah. to somebody was they weren't buddies and it wasn't a comedy. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and one of them wasn't a cop. And it really was just the characters. The characters were paint by numbers, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. nothing to help you attach to them at all. The script was really rote and flat. 
and and it had those nice little bits of sexism and uh, homophobia. And, yeah, you know, I mean, it, like, it really uh, was like yeah. a 19, late 80s or 90s script. It was like, oh, God, we're making that movie again where I'm actually slightly bothered by all this. And the, the thing is, I didn't like either of the two main characters mm-hmm. at all. There was no reason to attach to the cop. And there was no nothing to like about the kid. And so... I and the action the action was fine but very quickly the premise is a uh a former child actor who's about tw- in his early 20s um gets <coughs> gets in trouble by punching a photographer and then going drunk driving and so as part of his basically his plea bargain is uh to uh do ride along with the cops for a while as and community then, service as community I don't service get that. and Community service yeah, slash research for an upcoming role. Yeah, and then uh, he, of course, winds up getting trapped in with like a SWAT team when they're when they're, it's assault on precinct thirteen yeah. time, and and so he's. Uh, although the the thing I did appreciate for as goofy as he was set up, they didn't take that into the serious scenes of yeah you know where where things are getting violent. He's like shit, man. I'm st- I'm back here. I'm staying out of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he didn't suddenly become super competent. He didn't yeah. he didn't continue being whiny. So there was that, and he did have one good line. Yeah, the where because I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil this movie because I kind of don't care. He gets shot at the end, and they made a big deal about how he had taken off his bulletproof vest oh. that he had been wearing, mm-hmm. and he gets shot in the chest at the end. And so cop dude is like, "Oh, he's dead. That oh well, too bad." And then he sits up, and they go over to him, and they open his jacket, and he's got it on underneath his jacket. Well, why why would you cover it up? Oh, I don't want to get I don't want to get shot in the kneecaps. Oh yeah, because they keep they keep <laughs> yeah. making a he keeps yeah. making like, a reference like oh they're you know they've got Kevlar on so shoot him in the head or the kneecaps. Mm-hmm. Shoot him in the head or the kneecaps, which is good advice. Okay, rookie. They're going to be wearing armor, so shoot him in the head or the kneecaps. So he puts his vest on underneath because I don't want to get shot in the kneecaps. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good point. It was like the yeah. one line in the movie. Yeah, I'm like, I did like that part. That. Although I didn't was get why the guy didn't actually check to see if he was alive. Every other part of the movie, he's he is weirdly concerned about him to the point of like you know starting his heart up again. Yeah. Yeah, but not but not like willing to give him CPR because that would be gay. Oh, yeah, that was such a <laughs> weird <was> moment. <laughs> that one bothered yeah. me. I'm like, really? We're doing that? It's yeah. like if you're going to redo the like buddy cop genre, like you don't have to copy and paste every like terrible trope. No, That's not did. the it, heart of like so, what that is. You can reinvent it a little bit. Yeah. So I was a little bit like, now I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated with my day. It started out so promising, and then high rise, and then gridlocked. I'm like, uh, well, we got Baskin. <laughs> Jesus. Welcome to Fantastic Fest. So Baskin was our midnight movie, and uh, it was tur- Turkish. It's Turkish. It's Yay! Turkish. It's not. It's not old school Turkish. It's a new Turkish movie, which means it's you know more like other modern films from the rest of the world. Um, and it's uh, was it five cops? Yep. Um, who are kind of not very likable dudes. They're out on a call. And they get called for backup, and they wind up basically in purgatory. 
In short. It's Hellraiser slash In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. Very strongly so. Yeah. I mean, the beats were very similar. Um, so I really I really enjoyed the like the first half to even two-thirds of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the little sort of weird dream flashback thing that was yeah. happening. I was really interested to see how that was going to play pay off, and it didn't. <laughs> that was annoying. Yeah. Because I really liked what was going on there. I'm like, okay, what is this? And there's some circular time stuff going where it's like, and, that, and the idea oh. of memory, like, what is this memory? And what was the meaning of the memory? And so I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to, it's going to be a reinterpretation of what actually happened then. Like, you didn't remember it right, or you've changed the memory. I'm like, okay, that could be something. Hopefully not too trite. I'm interested. Meanwhile, along the way, the horror is gory and yeah. unflinching and... I mean, gross. Yeah. I was I was covering my eyes. I was oh, I, Alan Nor- Alan Nordling Cerny next to me is like oh yeah with the yeah. eyeball. It got rough oh, yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah, and the when it got to the hey, we found a devil cult, um, with all these mutilated followers with like no eyes or you know yeah. parts of limbs and there is gore and everywhere gimps. there and were mutilated gimpy gimps yeah. like and, in body and a leather cult leader um and, and it went full heavy metal album cover oh yeah yeah very much so like oh, yeah. yeah um there were there were some fun little what the fuck moments in that just oh, yeah. from the the sheer uh the sheer inventiveness yeah. of some well, of the and, the, the, and the shots the yeah. shots I kept I mean they were really effective in that I wasn't sure what I was seeing yeah. which was really effective like wait what is going on that looks wrong oh I think they're missing something what is that it's so gross looking so I was really enjoying that part and then the leader I oh. think is the best part the of leader he was amazing the, the winning part of that movie uh, it, uh, the director did a Q&A after the film he's apparently a gas station <laughs> attendant the, oh the, my god yeah no the the guy the actor the they found was scariest not scariest gas station yeah he he was not I would not, not let that man pump anything <laughs> he was um he was wearing no makeup I it yeah. did not it looked That's what freaked me out. Uh, yeah, it really looked like I think that's what he really looks like. I know yeah. what to look for when with prosthetics and there weren't any that yeah. I could see. No, he he has this weird he he was an older man. He looked like maybe he was 50, but he had the weird child face. He looked yeah. like something out of Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Like old oh. man baby. Old yeah. man baby. Like and his face like his head looked weirdly too small yeah or too round or like something. too round and like his jaw was kind of way up in, in like you see some people where their jaw is just like kind of shoved up into the rest of their face so their face looks oddly squished and it was a really fleshy face his lips were huge mm-hmm. yeah. and, and the he, big cheeks and he was kind of puffy with the droopy ears and no, weird the, scars along the back what of his are the head. chances though of finding someone like that and actually, like, getting that kind of performance out of them. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's really extraordinary. Because it was a great performance. Yeah. And it was really, because he comes up in a hood, and he's in the darkness, and then he puts down the hood, and then he steps into light, and you're wondering, okay, this is clearly the big bad. What's he going to look like? What's the visual style of the big bad? And he steps in the light, and I'm like, oh. okay, this is original, and I am officially creeped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I think he's more creepy than Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, he, yeah. He, he, there's some real like visceral body horror 
Cronenberg reaction going on there, like, oh, oh, he, and he's weirdly out of proportion. His mm-hmm. body is very weird looking, and that that is all real. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, his performance is just great. It, you know, one of my favorite moments in the movie is <laughs> it goes straight for the gross. There, there's a disembowelment happens oh, with one of the cops and literally you get to see the cult leader pulling the intestines out of the body and and then he starts as he's chatting and as he's chatting with everybody else he starts coiling them like an extension cord yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh god don't want to make really, a mess oh my so god neat. <laughs> so there's some really effective gore and horror and and going on and so there was a lot there that, to like, but ultimately it didn't pay off. They went for kind of a twist slash um, Lovecraftian ending, and it just felt cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so cheap. And I, it, the, the, the second the character, like, you know, a character gets away to a certain location, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is what they're calling back to. And then they did, and I was really disappointed. Yeah. But I think the movie is... For people that love horror and love the aesthetic uh, of, of horror, it's worth seeing it for that and for the scene with the the devil cult leader guy. Yeah, yeah. That that is. And oddly, I found myself a bit charmed by the fact that there were no women in the movie. I mean, there's, well, there there, there was there, the goat lady. There was the goat lady, but my point is. We have gotten so used to the trope in America of the one token female. Yeah. Like, the one token female on the cop squad, Mm -hmm. which we had just seen in Gridlock. And in this one, it's five guys, and they are guys, and it is a macho... Turkey is a very macho culture. And in a weird sort of way, I was like, thank you. Thank you for just... That's what it is. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's what it is. I don't... I would prefer to not have a female if you're just going to give me a token female. Right. So... Weirdly, I I enjoyed that part, but it meant that my day started out so strong. I was like bouncing <laughs> off the walls, and then it took a sharp turn to the sour. Yep. Started in heaven and went straight to hell. Well, it wasn't oh, well. well. Yeah, Turkish hell, Turkish hell. <laughs> but but then I you know we walked out of the theater and I pushed the I finally pushed the eye of the pyramid button and, and you I won. won and you so, won. So there we are. So that was Fantastic Fest Day Three. Um, and that mm-hmm. is fantastic because you get the highs, you get the lows, mm-hmm. and I am still fully on board for it. This is, you know, in a weird sort of way, like I said, getting some crappy movies is oddly reassuring. Yeah. I, I figure my my final movies of the day were pay- payback for me seeing Standby for Tape Back Up. Well, and <laughs> it was I so had, amazing. I, I had gone two full days without a single film that I didn't like. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I was winning. I was way winning. Yeah, the the vast majority of the films you see at Fantastic Fest are, are great because they're pretty much cherry picked by yeah. the people who work the Alamo Draft House. So, yeah. So listeners, um, I don't think we said it at the beginning of these this episode, but we are still on top of a parking garage. We're in Melissa's car this time, but that's where the ambient noise comes from. Well, yeah, from. we're we're not being attacked by crickets this time because we're not sitting on the and ground. And <laughs> I still have a bit of a cold, so I'm sorry for the sniffling, the cough dropping, the coughing, and other random vomiting uh, body noises that I may have made throughout <laughs> the episode. But we're going to wrap this up so we can All go right. get one last drink before we hit the road. Oh, yes. So, listeners, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good morning. Yeah, morning. Jesus. It's a new cinema pleasure.